Welcome to What's Eric Eating, UltraMap's weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, UltraMap food editor Eric Sandler. No guest this week, but that just means more time with my co-host. She is an expert on food, wine, and good times, as well as the licensed esthetician behind the Swanky Beauty Bar. We follow her on Instagram at Swanky Maven. Felice Sloan, welcome back to the show. How are you? Hey, 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 hey. I am fabulous. I'm glad to hear that. Thanks for doing this. Let us dive right into the news of the week. Topic number one. Let's take a look at the results of the Culture Map Tastemaker Awards. We had a big awards party last week to reveal the winners. Bun B was there. You were there. I was there. Uh, let me just go over the categories, real the winners of each of the categories real quick, and then we can sort of talk about Maybe uh, maybe some of your favorites. So let's do uh, Restaurant of the Year went to Nobis. Caitlin Steets from Theodore Rex is our Chef of the Year. Rising Star Chef of the Year, AJ Ide from Brazil. Best New Restaurant, Sin Chow. Bar of the Year, Heights Beer Garden. Bartender of the Year, Alfonso Quinoyas from Chinese Champions. Pastry Chef of the Year. Squabble took Wine Program of the Year. And best pop-up startup went to Josh DeLeon of Underground Creamery. So, Felice, like I said, you were one of the judges, which means you picked the winners in all of the categories except for Best New Restaurant. That is an online vote. So let me just ask you, are you pleased with the results? Okay, before I start, before we start, let me just tell you, kudos to you guys for an amazing event. I've gone to those events that you guys have hosted um, every time. And I have to say, this one was the best. And I don't know if it was the best because it was post COVID and everybody there was like on one accord, like we're gonna have good time, good bites and just party. I don't know. Or if y'all just knocked it out of the park and threw a kick-ass party, I I don't know. Because it's always fun, but this year just had a little extra juice, you know? Um, well, so thank you for you saying so. Yeah. Uh, all credit to my colleague, Courtney Bell, who is on the events side for Gal Media for the radio station, does the golf tournaments and all the listener parties. So she got thrown into her first ever Tastemakers. And I, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. She absolutely hit it out of the ballpark. Yeah, she showed up and showed the hell out. It was great. So I'm going to start with that. Um, yeah, I would say for the most part, I was very happy with the, um, there were some surprises for me, um, but for the most part, I was happy, right, with the winners. Yeah. Um, yes, I would say that. I mean, every category is so deep in all of the mm-hmm. nominees that really any of them could have won. And would right. have been a worthy winner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- I'm glad you said that. Yes, they were. It was hard voting, right? Like it was hard voting. Um, but I was surprised on some. Some I'm like, because we don't. Even though we're voting, we still don't know who ends up winning until the people find out, right? Like we find right, out. Right. That's right. We don't share that with you. Yeah, y'all don't share. So it was a surprise. Like, oh, okay. Some I'm like, yeah, I, I kind of knew. Um, just because, you know, I could feel it in my spirit. 
uh, I can feel it in my spirit. And one of those was um, Josh DeLeon. Like, he was speechless. Like, he won for pop-up. I think that's a brand new category for you guys. Um, there was no doubt in my mind that he would win that um, category. But it was just so genuine when he got up. He legit was at a loss for words um, because he just didn't think he was going to win, I guess. I, I don't, again, I don't know why. Even Bun B said, you know, kind of have you tasted your ice cream, Josh? Like, you know, it was great. You know, it was great. So I was very happy for him. Um, and, you know, people just went crazy. I thought that that was exciting for me. And Candente. Um, I don't think Candente thought they were going to win again for me. I'm like, how did you not know that you were going to win? And I was talking to him after and it that he just was like, yeah, um, you know, I was in the category with like Nifas, for God's sake. Everyone loves Nifas. And I'm like, and everybody loves Candente. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, to Michael Sandbrooks, the owner of Candente, <laughs> you know, we've had the pit room in that category before. You know, we had them up for, we had the pit room up for Bestie Restaurant. We had 1751 up for Bestie Restaurant, you know, and they've always competed very well, but, but they've always come up a little short. So I, mm -hmm. you know, there's kind of that always a bridesmaid, never a bride thing with uh, Sam Brooks. And so for them to finally take one home, I, I mean, you know, anyone who follows me on Instagram knows that I go to Candente uh, once a month, twice a month, sometimes more than yeah. that. So, yeah. Uh, you know, I was super excited for them to win. Me too. Uh, and Me then, too. and then Caitlin Steets. I mean, we went to little fit together, which was her sort of French inspired pop-up. And now she's, Back in her day to day as the chef de cuisine at Theodore Rex, you know she was nominated for a James Beard Award in 2020. You know this is someone who's done good work for a really long time, and I think, you know, I moved her from the from the rising star category into the chef category because she really does. She runs Theodore Rex. That's one of the best restaurants in Houston. So yeah, you know, yeah. the point at which you the point at which you do that is the point at which you're not a rising star anymore, and. Uh, you know, to see her sort of take that, I was just, and she was so excited. I thought that was, that was really cool. Yeah, she was. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we talked about your impressions. I, I will say the one sort of theme that I sort of detected and, and you can agree or disagree with me about this is that the, the judges panel overall sort of rewarded people who've been doing it for a long time, right? Like Heights Beer Garden won, you know, I don't know that this was, like a great, you know, a better year or a worse year for Heights Beer Garden, but I just think they've been so consistent ever since they got going. You know, they have 94 taps of beer and wine. They've got that huge back bar, all those really great cocktails, that beautiful space. You know, it was like, all right, Heights Beer Garden, it's finally your turn. You know, Alfonso, who worked at Johnny's Goldbrick and Bad News and is now running the bar program at Tiny Champions, it's like he's been nominated in years past. It's like, all right, here's your chance to break through. You know, Drew Gimma, kind of the same thing. Started a common bond. Spent a little time at Better Luck Tomorrow. Open squabble with uh, Mark Clayton. Now he's now he's doing it for Breadman, kind of helping them grow. So, you know, I just thought all of these and and Nobis. I mean, you know, Nobis has been around for almost five years. It's been great this whole time. People love it. And so for them to finally take Restaurant of the Year, I, I just thought, you know, it's like okay, you've you've shown us you're consistent. Uh, we really like your restaurant and now we're going to vote for you. Yeah. I thought um, that part, you know, like um, Bredman winning, like, you know, I thought 
yeah, that's kind of cool. You know, like the, like where you say old school people that have been doing it. Cause a lot of times we see what's the new thing, what's the new thing on to the next. So I think that was a good kind of pause. Like these guys are to your point, doing it, doing it consistently and, and setting the tone um, for the new guys. So um, yeah, I thought that was good to see that that was a, a bright spot and it gives some of the, the younger chefs that were definitely worthy and some of the newer restaurants definitely worthy for something to aspire to and to one of the things I'm always talking to when I talk to um, restaurant owners or um, group owners or chefs or whatever, I'm like consistency, consistency, consistency. Like that's, you know, in addition to um, the customer service and things like that, but I'm like being consistent with what you're doing with whether that's food, customer service, all these things, it, you're going to win every time. No, absolutely. You're going to win. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I felt a little bad for like, uh, you know, Blue Door and they were nominated in five categories. Obviously they didn't win any of them, but it's like, it's your first year, you know, you made a big splash, very excited for you. Keep it up. And, you know, we'll, we'll start working them. I'm sure they'll start taking home tastemaker awards in the years to come. Yeah, I, I agree. I think so too. All right. Any other thoughts on the tastemaker awards before I move on? No, I just, you know, I'm still on the high. Like I said, that was a good party. Um, people were happy. It just has me looking forward to food events. Food events are back. We are back, like in the sense of, um, you know, I know we got other stuff going on. So I'm not saying that. So please, people don't hear me saying that. But I'm saying it was just refreshing to see the excitement and the joy and it just gives you something to look forward to. And I'm so happy for all the restaurants that, you know, were able to participate because this, it was a tough year, you know, a tough year getting to the Tastemaker Awards. So it just it just made my heart feel very proud and smile and happy for all that participated. No, absolutely. And yeah, no, it was great to see everybody. You know, the awards party is always so much fun. It's always so fun to see the people that, you know, professionally dressed up, having a good time. Uh, I was thoroughly impressed by just everything I ate at the event, whether that was the Wagyu Tartare from Turner's or the, um, you know, the mushroom from Hidden Omakase or, uh, you know, Michelle Wallace from Gatlin's Barbecue did that awesome uh, pork belly with the scallion pancake. I, I didn't make it to Blue Dorn for, the squash blossom. I know that was a favorite for a bunch of people, but you know, I mean, we had a, a really strong group of restaurants feeding everybody and, and, you know, you know, a really good kind of introduction to, to what the awards are all about, you know, mm-hmm. it's a, good, a yeah. good way to kind of like get introduced to what uh, makes them so special. So I, I thought that was great. And uh, I'm glad you had a good time. I hope everybody listening that was able to attend had a good time. And of course we'll do it all again next year. Yep. All right, let us move on to topic number two. Good Company has leased the former downhouse space in the Heights for a new unnamed restaurant. Felice, this rumor has been circulating for a little bit uh, in, a, in a press release. They, they would not say which Good Company concept they're planning to open, but merely that basically the space was too good to pass up. So Felice, let me throw it to you. What good company restaurant are you most rooting for 
to open in the Heights? In my mind, I would want it to be a new concept, but I know that that's not what they're going to do. So um, I would go next. I would go with the seafood. Um, yeah, because that would be closer. And it's kind of we need more seafood ish places in the Heights. So that's what I'm rooting for. Just based on need. I think that's what's needed. And I think that they could do well. Again, they're not listening to me. They'll do whatever they want to do. But if they were listening, I think that would be a good um, restaurant to put there because there's there's a need. There, There is a need. I mean, you know, 1751 obviously is is close to there. But that's a little, that's not Gulf seafood. I guess you've got uh, flying fish, but that's not, that's very that's casual. Cheney yeah. And, and yeah, it's, it's very right. Casual, right. Casual. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't get the same thing there as I would get at good company seafood. Like I wouldn't, it's just totally different. Yeah. I mean, I, I would not be opposed to seeing good company Tuckeria. They're like okay. super casual burger spot. I mean, I love this. I've been eating those soft tacos uh, probably since I was in middle school. Um, you know, those mesquite grilled, mesquite grilled burgers, easy for me to say. Just super but we're casual. saturated with that. But Eric, we're saturated. That area is saturated with that. That's that's, well, that's what's true. already there, right? That's true. Like, I knew, I knew you were going to say that. I just knew you were going to go there. And I'm like, I, I, that would be cool, but it's saturated. It's not it's not giving me anything different. It's not giving what it's supposed to give if they go there. That's all. That's all. Right. Yeah, no. I mean, we'll we'll see, obviously. But but I do think that that concept that's super family-friendly and pretty affordable mm-hmm. an interesting fit, even though you're right, there are so many burger places. You know, there's so much Tex-Mex in the Heights. It would be sort of competing with everything from Aero Flint to Super Rica. But I, I do think it might be. You, you know, sometimes, sometimes more is more, you know, like the rising tide lifts all boats. Okay. So let me, let's go there. I'm gonna go there with you. So let's say they go to Taqueria, right? You're rolling down. You got the taste for Tex-Mix or a burger, right? Either one. You'll decide once you pick where you're going. Do you go there over all the other options that I know that you like that are in that area? Do you? which one do you pick first? Well, you know, it's a funny sort of thing because I go to them kind of for different, you know, like I, it kind of depends on what I'm craving because I, I mean, I do eat at the one on Kirby. I mean, not all the time, but like, let's say three or four times a year, just like, I got to have those soft tacos or I got to have that burger, you know? So I would choose it. All right. I would choose it ahead of Beck's prime for sure. I would choose it ahead of Hop Dottie for sure. I would probably choose it ahead of Hubcap Grill. So then it's like, do I go Burger Joint Taco Stand? Do I go to Eight Row? Do I go to Superica? I think it just kind of depends on, you know, am I by myself? Am I with a group? How much money do I want to spend? You know, am I trying to get in and out? You know, I admit, I admit, it's a calculated, it's a complicated calculus. Um, it's not... It's not obvious, but, you know, and that neighborhood's down a couple of burger places, right? Bernie's Burger Bar closed. So I I just, I do think maybe that's a possibility. Um, But if, but I mean, Good Company Seafood is certainly their, their most sophisticated concept. And if they wanted to do maybe like a slightly more casual riff, like kind of focused on 
you know, fried seafood and po' boys, maybe they don't have the oyster bar or some of the, the whole fish dishes. Um, you know, I could certainly see something like that being a good fit in the neighborhood. Now, that would be cool. Now, Eric, you're onto something. That would be cool. Yeah, I didn't even think about just kind of making a little bit more casual and take some of the, the stars from the other menu and kind of leave. Yeah, okay, I could see that. Right. I like what you're selling. Okay. Right. Well, I mean, I've had Levi Good on this podcast. I don't know if he actually listens <laughs> to it from week to week, but, you know, if somebody's listening, tell Levi to call me. We can talk. We can, we can work right. this concept out. Correct. We got it. Right. We got him. All right. Let's move on to topic number three. Bun B, our Tastemaker Awards host, used the Tastemaker Awards ceremony to debut Trill Burgers, his new burger concept that he is opening in partnership with the owners of Sticky's Chicken and Andy Wynn, who's a California-based restaurateur who's also uh, involved with Sticky's. Uh, basically, Trill Burgers is a kind of smash burger concept, thin patty, diner-style cheeseburgers with the crispy edges. Felice, did you get a chance to try Trill Burgers at the Tastemaker I was running my mouth and that line kept being super long. And by the time I got over there, you know, all I could get was Nick, a picture of Nick in the shirt and Bun B talking about how good it was. So I was like, ah, but everyone was raving about it. So I was very disappointed. I did not, but I'm buying that. I'm buying, he is the food guy, right? So if, you know, you talk about these celebrities and people putting their name on things to endorse them, but I'm all about it if you walk the walk and talk the talk. He knows all these restaurants, you know, all the restaurants on the list beyond because he's a regular. He is a foodie. He's a food guy. He knows what a good burger is. So if anyone was going to do a burger, uh, you know, something that we already have in Houston and knock it out of the park, it would be Bun B. So I am, I'm all about it. I'm all about it. No, I'm, I'm so glad you said that because, right, he's a, he's 100% a foodie. He goes to all the best restaurants in Houston. He's, you know, he's always sitting with chefs and, and hanging out. You know, the first time I met him, in fact, was at Uchi many, many years ago when he was judging like an internal competition they had for some of their chefs. It was basically like a chop style thing where they had a box of mystery ingredients and they had to put a dish together. And he had been invited to come be one of the judges because they respected his opinion. So there you go. (laughs) His credibility as a food lover is kind of on the line with this, right? I mean, you know, if you're you to make the leap from appreciator to creator, you got to really bring it. And obviously sticky's chicken has been successful and, and Andy Wynn has done very well in California. So, you know, it's not, it's not, it's a good group that that's kind of come together to get this done. And so, I, I mean, I did get the chance to try the burger. I thought it was, you know, it's not like it was hot off the griddle or anything, but, but it, you know, I thought the flavor was good. I thought it was a good start. Uh, and I certainly look forward to more from troll burgers and, and kind of what we were just talking about with good company. If you're good, there's a market for it, right? We love burgers in this town. There's new burger places that open all the time. As long as it's a good version it's going to be fine, you know, from a, from a business standpoint. So yeah, I'm excited for this. I think, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I do too. And then it's just, you know, they're going to do fries. They're going to do onion rings, tots, you know, milkshakes. 
you're going to have a, you know, a chicken sandwich, a gluten-free bun, you know, there's all the little details. None of right. that has you been, have to work out. <laughs> right. None of that has been revealed. Uh, but I do always hope for milkshakes and tater tots. I'll just put that out into the world. I know you are tater tots. I'm, I'm just hoping for some good fries. Okay. Good fries. Cause you know, all fries are not created equal. No, you gotta, you gotta, fries are a pain in the ass. That's why, that's why like Shake Shack serves frozen fries because making good quality fresh fries is a huge pain. Yep. And, yep. and to, to understand the problem with when you don't make fresh fries well, just go to In N Out because they're fries. In N Out. I was just going to say In N Out is a perfect example. Like the fries, they cannot make a good fry to save their life. Like it's, uh, it's awful. Someone said, oh, no, the key, someone told me, here is the key. Get them to um, tell them you want them cooked a little longer. I'm like, oh, is that it? I tried that. That did not work. I'm like, it, it just is, it's a no for me. No, the problem <laughs> is they only cook them once. And really, to make great fries, you have to cook them twice. And yeah, just, it's, it's not that's not yeah. their procedure. They're not really set up for that. And so, yeah, that's why that's why Shake Shack fries are frozen. McDonald's, all that. They're all frozen because <laughs> it, right. it ensures a certain consistency. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so Troll Burgers has some choices to make, but I think they've got a basic, they've got a good, you know, based on what we have, Tastemaker Awards, they've got a good idea, a good concept for the burger itself. That's the most important thing. And then we'll see what happens from there. Okay. I'm, I'm excited. All right. And then one more topic number four. I don't, I don't know that we have too much to say about this, but I did want to note that Fubin has opened at Finn Hall. And, you know, Fubbin is this legendary far restaurant. You know, there's one in South Houston. There's one in the Heights. There's, there's one kind of near the Galleria. And they're all owned by different branches of the same family. So the one downtown is related to Fubbin by Night, which is probably my favorite Fubbin. I would uh, agree. Me too. <laughs> because that's where you can get the bone marrow on the side. They have a couple of non-pho options. They have, uh, you know, egg rolls. They have a, a kind of chicken, you know, a Vietnamese-style chicken salad. And and this was also, this was announced sort of pre-COVID and got delayed. So I like this because I love Pho Bin by night. And, you know, Pho Bin downtown will be much closer, much more convenient. It's open for lunch Monday through Friday uh, with, you know, more more hours coming. But at least for now, it's available for lunch. And it's the right version of Fubin. Right. Well, good, you know, good for them. I probably wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a, again, I'm not driving downtown to go find somewhere to park, to go. I'm, I'm just not doing it. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going to Asia town over Bel Air and getting fun by night. And we're going to call it a day, but I think it's good. I'm happy that people that are downtown that will never drive outside the loop. Right. They will never understand the goodness of a pho by night like they would never would have it so to get it they can have it for lunch and be able to try it um by like again it's from the same family kudos to them right it's on the tunnels it's easy to get to you know if you work in that if you work in that building obviously you're in you're in good shape super easy so uh yeah i mean it's this is this is a nice addition for downtown office workers and, and part of, you know, the plan to really like transform Finn Hall into a real dining destination, you know, they have Le Chicken, which is the guys from Kitchen 713. They have Popolo, 
uh, Taqueria, which was the chef team that worked at, for Hugo Ortega and worked for Chris Shepard. So, you know, some really, you know, dish societies in there. Uh, so some really good food to be had at, uh, at Finn Hall. And, and this is just one more. And uh, yeah, so downtown office workers, you, the best pho, in my opinion, in Houston is now available. So, so go get it. Yeah, look, maybe I'll Uber when I'm, since I'm moving closer there um, for my business, maybe I'll Uber to Finn Hall one day and check them out. All right, that does it for the news of the week. We'll be right back with our restaurants of the week. Stick around. Felice, for our restaurants of the week, I want to talk to you about a couple of places that are so new. They've opened this week. Let's start with Shoot the Moon. This is Kevin Floyd's new pizzeria bar restaurant. It's out in Spring Branch. The twist is that it is self-serve alcohol. So there's a whole tap system with beer, cider, wine, spirits, cocktails. You get a little card, you press it against the machine, and then you can pour your own drinks. Of course, we know Kevin Floyd. He was a partner in Anvil. He was a partner in Underbelly Hospitality. He helped open, you know, Julep and places like the Pastry Wars. So this is someone who's been very intimately involved with the Houston bar and restaurant scene uh, for more than 10 years now. We got kind of a sneak peek. They weren't early open to the public. It was a private tasting. But uh, Felice, let me just throw it to you. What did you think of Shoot the Moon? You know what? Spring Branch, show up. You know, people in Spring Branch of like, we're the, you know, mom and pop Mecca. People forget about us. We don't get any cool new concepts. You know, all the things. And not to take any way, uh, thing away from the mom and pops that are there, because we know we love Spring Branch and we kill it. But this new birth of Spring Branch and, you know, restaurants breathing new life into it, Shoot the Moon is, I think it's the right restaurant in the right location at the right time. I'm very excited. I was super impressed. Um, literally, I was counting down for this week because I can't I can't wait for them to open. I can't wait for people to um, go give them love because from, you know, the, the walking in and just the whole way it's done, when I do fast, there's either two ways I want to do fast casual. Like I want it to be fast casual kind of, Fast casual, not really. Like I want you to be very attentive, whereas I'm kind of at a restaurant, but not really um, that full service restaurant. Or I just don't want to be bothered. I want to just eat my food, do my thing, and shoot the moon. Kind of fits that where I order my food, I'm getting high quality food, and then I can just go and get my drinks. And you know, when I'm done, I'm done. I can walk out. I can leave. I can pay for everything. So I love that about it. Um, I was very impressed. I know we'll get into the details. Um, I'm going to throw it back to you. But yes, first impressions, check, check, check. All right. So let's talk about the menu because it is this kind of fun mix of things. Uh, Kevin is working with Dax McInerney, who, again, like worked for Ryan Perra, worked for Monica Pope, worked for Chris Shepard. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of great experiences, worked at Trinity for a little while, 
So, you know, there's kind of, there's a whole section of pizza and then there's some shareables and then there's some entrees and a lot of the shareables and the entrees comply with different diets, whether that's, you know, whole 30 keto, uh, you know, different, different, you know, some of the items are vegan, some are vegetarian, you know, so the idea is that you can kind of be as healthy as you want to be, depending on, you know, you want to get the the meat pizza with the, the house-made bacon and the sausage and the pepperoni, like, you know, that's all available to you. If you want, you know, chicken thighs with vegetables on the side, like you can do that too. So, you know, it's, it's super flexible in that sense. Um, I mean, we had a, we, you know, we got the chance to try a bunch of the menu. Did you, did you have a favorite dish or two? Um, you know, I'm not a pizza person, but I enjoyed the pizza. They had a um, mushroom pizza that was, oh, MG, it was to die for. Um, I thought that um, the all meat pizza with the house made bacon, like, you know, the in-house bacon was good. But I think my favorite dish was the bu- buffalo crab. Absolutely. <laughs> like, wrap me in buffalo sauce and call me a crab. I was like surprised. That is a hit. That was so good. That was so good. Yeah. And they're getting this kind of different species of crab. So the crab claws aren't crazy expensive, but they're still super flavorful. Uh, I just thought that was really good. I was impressed by the Salisbury steak. I mean, I know that sounds kind of silly, um, but I thought it was super delicious with the gravy and the mushrooms and everything. I just thought that was really good. Um, I'm with you. I liked the pizzas. I thought the, the crust had a good texture. I thought the toppings were really flavorful, you know, and everything's, everything's pretty affordable. I mean, you know, I don't think there's really anything that's over about 20 bucks. And I just think that's really smart. So I, you know, I like that. And then we need to talk about the self-serve system because that's still pretty new. I mean, you've got, You've got Roots, the wine bar in the East End. There's a couple other places, but this is still still pretty new. So, so let me just ask you about your experience with the self-serve system. Did you feel like it was easy to use? Um, did you find it convenient? Or, or would you prefer to have just be able to like flag down a server and be like, hey, I want another beer? Or do you like that you can get up and get that other beer, that next cocktail at your own, at your own pace? Well, the things, my concerns with it, I think will, and I talked to Kevin about it, will be worked out once it opens. Because once it, my concern was, you know, you get a card um, and you use the card, um, it's tied to your credit card, you put it in, you get your drink. um, And then, so say, oh, Eric, you want me to get you something? Get you something. And then the card has a time thing. So people aren't, you know, they can, they're not getting wasted, right? Like, so I may want to use my card and get three people at the table a drink. And I was like, I got to wait for someone to come. That would annoy me. But they're going to have a drink attendant, like a person, it's kind of like a barista, but it's like a, a drink attendant working those stations. So if something like that happens, they're right there and they can like just take their card, scan it and make it work. So I think that was a concern that I had, but he addressed it. So I love, I thought it was super easy. Um, where I could sit there and learn about, because a lot of times when you're at a bar and you ask questions, depending on who's working, you know, they may give you this half-ass answer. If you're like, so tell me about the beer. 
tell me about the wine, you know, and there's something special about it. They just may not be in the mood to tell you here. I can go push the button. I can see what's special about it, what they're saying about it. Um, they did, they had different recommendations based on staff picks, something that's rare, all that's laid out. Um, so I thought that they did a really good job of doing that. And even with the, the housemate cocktails and the rare um, whiskeys and stuff, I, I, I like it. I, th I thought it was great. I thought it, and it's a story, right? Like people that like that kind of new, interesting things, they have their friends they can take um, and they can show off. And um, I, 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 I thought it was good. I didn't think it was a problem at all. Well, you know, and I, I will say the other thing is I think it makes a lot of sense for families with kids because, you know, it's, it seems like inevitably, you know, the kids reach a point where they kind of hit the wall and it's time to go. And, you know, in a typical restaurant environment, you got to flag down the server, you got to get the check, you got to whatever, you got to pay. This place, you order when you, as soon as you arrive, food comes first you know, while the food is cooking, you go get your drinks and then, you know, they give you the card and you just drop the card in the lockbox, and then they close out your tab at the end of the night. So, you know, if you're there with your kids and the kids are starting to get cranky or they're just bored or it's time to go, whatever, you know, it's just getting late. Everybody's full. It doesn't matter. Good or bad. You drop your card, you drop your card in the lockbox, you walk out. It's time to, you know, yeah, it makes for a faster exit. So, and, and the menu, I think is super kid friendly from that perspective, just as you know, there's pizza and wings and stuff. So I, I think it makes a lot of sense for families. I think it makes a lot of sense for just, you know, groups of friends. Everybody wants to, you know, you don't have to worry about splitting a check. Everybody orders separately. Everybody pays separately. You don't have to worry about tipping. There's just a flat 18% service fee. So I, I think there's a lot to recommend shoot the moon. Um, like I said, I enjoyed the food we tried. And I look forward to my next visit. I do too. And then let us talk about Trash Panda Drinking Club. This is the new concept from Night Moves Hospitality. They opened the uh, Space Cowboy in the Heights House Hotel a little earlier this year. This is the replacement for Edison and Patton, which is uh, in the Lindell Park neighborhood right next to Gerardo's legendary barbacoa purveyor. Felice, we, we went to kind of a preview so I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to say we have sort of definitive opinions about Trash Panda, but maybe what were your sort of first impressions? Um, cute spots. I loved how um, you know you walk up, you see the patio. You know Houston loves the patio. So my first impressions were great, great space for people watching, and people will gravitate to a space like that. That was my first impression. Um, of seeing the space, um, sneak peeking of getting a shot of the menu, just a couple of things. Um, I was all prepared to to hate some, like hate the bubblegum martini. Um, I didn't hate it. We'll talk about that. Um, so my first impressions were good. I had good first impressions. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I I sort of share that. I mean, I liked Edison and Patton. I thought it was kind of a chill spot. Uh, obviously, it had been a couple of years since I had been there. I did not realize that it closed uh, at some point, either right before or during the pandemic. So that was news to me, but I think it's a smart renovation of the space. I like the spacious patio. Um, the interior is comfortable. You know, it's kind of dark and intimate, which I think is a good fit. 
And, you know, I, I mean, you know, Lyle Bento is, is the chef for, for the night moves concepts. And, and I think he's got a real, uh, you know, I've been a fan of his for a long time. So this is kind of a, a more Southerny take on bar food. He's got some of the stuff that he did at Southern goods, like the pork cracklins. He's doing a wedge salad with remoulade sauce and crawfish. Uh, he's also doing some kind of Mexican stuff with the, uh, with the, uh, the, uh, the chips and queso and the Milanese with mole and uh, corn tortillas. So, you know, it's, it's a fun bar menu. It's, it's affordable. It's super shareable. Uh, I think that's all to the good. Yeah, I agree. I thought the menu was very elevated, right? Where you're like, who does bar, who does bar food like this? (laughs) Like, it was like, okay, sign me up. Like, but you know, like it's, traditional Lao. So I, I was very happy about that. And my, my taste buds were like all over the place. I wanted to try the whole menu, but I, I couldn't. Um, but it was, it was nice. You know, I thought the, uh, the cocktails maybe just a little bit more uh, hit or miss for me. I, I mean, I tried that. Uh, I, I tried that bubblegum martini. I just thought it was, it was way too sweet for me. Uh, I did like the purple. Kush. Really? Yeah. You thought it was too See, I thought it was going to be sweeter. That's why I didn't. I was like, oh, this is going to be too sweet. Like, okay, think about it based on how you like drinks. It was too sweet. But I think that they, it was kind of in between. Well, I was like, oh, it wasn't as bad as I, like, I thought it was going to be bad. I really liked it. Like, I'm like, okay, this, I thought it was going to taste like the old school, like a sour apple martini where, where, you know, like it's just straight sugar. And it didn't, it didn't hit like that. Right. But you thought it did. You thought it did. Yeah. I mean, I only, I only sipped it and I just thought it was, it was a little much for me. I, I liked, uh, um, you said purple kush. I liked the purple kush. I liked the walk in the woods with the honeysuckle and the celery bitters and the, uh, the brute. I thought that was, uh, I thought that was super refreshing. I thought the purple kush with the, the rum was a, maybe more of a fit for me. Uh, but yeah, I thought, you know, so I think, you know, there, there's some stuff to recommend it. I, I I mean, my, my general sort of first impression was that I, I remember thinking I like the drinks at space cowboy a little bit more kind of like that tiki vibe, but, uh, but you know, there's, I I'm sure I, I'm sure I will find something I like on the menu at, at trash Panda. Yeah. I think if you didn't, so I tried the Midori sour. I think you probably would like that. Um, it was just a real kind of chill, kind of like a chill kind of Eric drink. I think you would like that. And the grass chopper is a their take, a sophisticated take on a grasshopper. Like I don't like a grasshopper at all. It is a sophisticated take on on that drink. And they did a, a wonderful job with their their um recreations of some of these drinks. You know, that's what they do. Like they said, that's that's what makes them trash panda. They want to take a traditional and just kind of trash it out and, and put they stank on it. So I think they did a good job. Absolutely. All right. Um, so you'll go back. I'll go back. Yes, I will. I'll be back. All right. Well, Felice, I'm going to say that does it for our restaurants of the week. And that's going to do it for the show this week. So thanks so much for doing this. Thanks for having me. And uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Eric Sandler. Keep it locked on culturemap.com for all the latest Houston bar and restaurant news. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week.